Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're joined this day by Pistol and JB. How are you, Pistol? <laughs> Pistol and JB. People uh, don't know who you are by now. Uh, I'd like to put you first for once. So. I mean, you just need to look at the, the ranking at the end of the year for that. So don't worry about that. Oh, Ooh, I'm pretty happy with that one. Damn. I mean, last year I outranked you, so I'm not sure where it came from. But All the other enough. years, you know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I've, I think I've got the wood on you for now. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let's go. It's a it's a close year. We're <laughs> we're basically on the same points as well, um, currently. So yeah. So I didn't I didn't get to flex my muscles uh, in the earlier week podcast, but I did halve my rank to ten k. So slowly get, catching those points up. Uh, we were discussing earlier, pistol. We haven't actually had you you or I haven't had a week where we've both fielded a full team or where either of us have fielded a full team so um it was dangerfield week one green week two green week three and now it's going to be josh kelly so pretty upsetting that we can't catch up on these points on on the people that didn't start them no that's exactly right we're just going to keep being in this like middle pack and there's no chance to actually get ahead or break (laughs) away because every round it seems like there's a new injury to a new primo that was completely unexpected and uh i guess that's part and parcel of the game yeah, not ideal. So we'll jump straight into the games. And speaking of middle of the pack, it's Collingwood visiting Adelaide in this one. And Adelaide have an in with Darcy Fogarty. Out goes Lockie Murphy. So um, one that we didn't really hear about during the week, but it looks like he's done a bit of a hamstring twing. Do you know much about this one? I didn't, but I'm very surprised. But also Fogarty coming in for his third game is great for owners because I'm sure they started to stress about what they should do. Um, or they traded him last week and now they're upset about it. But you'd think that if Murphy was out with an injury, hopefully, because he wasn't omitted, he can work his way back into the Adelaide side. I'm more interested, though, in uh, Dugowie coming back in for Collingwood because that's a massive in um, for the Pies. And Taylor Adams going out with a hammy injury is a massive out. So um, it's a bit disappointing as a Collingwood supporter, but hopefully we can give uh, Adelaide a good crack and have a slightly better result than last year when we played them. Yeah, well, all you need is very slightly better because it was a draw last time you played them. Now, we'll play. We'll go to uh, Saturday's first game, which is GWS versus Fremantle. And probably the, the biggest news provided by GWS this week in both uh, regards, we've got in Toby Green, Dawson Simpson, and Ryan Griffin. So one of the, the big news stories, obviously, is Toby Green coming back. So all those who held are expecting him to continue that 130 point form <laughs> and then we have the outs of Roy Lobb, Josh Kelly and Perryman so Kelly the big one it says groin here another injury that we haven't heard about at all Fremantle with the no changes of course and what do we do now we've got a premium that's that's missing a week and just like Toby Green this could stretch out for a fortnight or if you if we're going for rankings this could be very detrimental or it could just be a minor blip in the radar what do you think look I mean Kelly's going to be a top 10 midfielder. I think most people got scared because he had one bad game last week, but he's obviously injured, so that's the reason as to why. And last year, he pretty much scored between 90 and 110 every game of the season, and then he just put in a couple of massive you know, 150 to 170 scores, like three or four of them, and got his 115 average. He's someone that's really consistent. He doesn't drop much in price. He doesn't score like that often these massive things so it's someone that you just need to hold and, and take it as it comes and unfortunately he's injured and I wouldn't be looking or advising anyone to trade him at the moment it's just annoying that we have no information from GWS and last time that happened when Green copped the injury and we didn't get the information and he ended up 
um, missing rounds two and round three, and that was massive. So I'm I'm pretty worried that this is going to happen again, and you know we're going to find out um, middle of next week that Kelly's out for like three weeks, and then we should have traded him, but we didn't know, and then it'll be awkward because it'll be he's only two weeks away from returning. So I'm worried that we're going to get into that sort of situation, but with the information that we know. Um, I think you just have to hold and assume that it's going to be just a one-week injury. Yeah, and I think the part that worries me the most is it's he's out at the selection table on Thursday and not a late out. I'm always fine with late outs. Obviously, they they frazzle you a bit and, and catch you off guard, but at least you know that way that they were, I mean, say 90% before the game and the team just didn't want to risk him or, or something happened very minor-like in, in the days leading up. So... Um, out on the Thursday though, a bit concerning. It means he's he obviously wasn't a chance at all to get up for it. But they have uh, traded with caution on their players this year. Uh, they said obviously a couple of weeks ago that Toby Green was actually okay to play, but they just wanted to tread on the side of caution with their their young gun. So hopefully it's just the caution approach, and he's back next week. So uh, it's something that we'll have to see. And and I mean. I, I don't think we should advise trading him at all. Like you said, he's going to be a top 10 midfielder, maybe even higher, and he's going to be a player that's going to be a game changer as we saw last week, last year with his big score. So the next game on the timetable is Richmond versus Brisbane Lions, and sad to see Higgins go out already, as with Sam Lloyd, not so sad for him. And in come Caddy and Prestia. Brisbane have Beams and Bailey in with Cox and Leicester out. So... Um, big news with Higgins. A lot of people are looking at either get him in early or hold their their Ryan trade to get him in next week, and he's gone already for Caddy by the looks. Yeah, I mean, JB, maybe we should just jump back a bit to the Fremantle side. I know they had no changes, but there's still a lot of super coach relevant um, players to talk about, especially the fact that all the rookies did hold their place, um, including Mitch Crowden um, and <clears throat> Bailey Banfield, Andrew Brayshaw and also Adam Sarah, all of them um, still in that Fremantle side. I think because Kelly's out, people are probably going to want to know with a bench, let's say, assuming it's uh, Brayshaw, Banfield and Barry, which rookie they they might want to be able to field. And I know uh, Brayshaw and Banfield against GWS isn't the most appealing player. Which one would you pick uh, to field in that situation? Yeah, I guess it's very dependent. Last week, we had Banfield playing a, a tagging role, which was interesting, but it did seem to get him around the football a lot more, and he was very clean when he did receive it. Brayshaw, on the other hand, is just tasked with going and getting his own footy, and he seems to be struggling early stages. I mean, I don't know if this is just being a little superstitious pistol, but I do like fielding the, the rookies that I've paid a little bit more for, which would have me erring to the side of Brayshaw, but... I think it'll be within 10 points of one another anyway. I, I mean, I can't see it being a huge discrepancy. Um, so maybe just go with the more popular pick. What do you think? Well, this is tough because we've got pretty much three very poor scoring rookies to come on for Josh Kelly. So we're probably going to be losing 50 plus points because of this. Um, and I, I generally don't really know. I mean, Brayshaw in his current form, you wouldn't think that you'd play him. So I probably will be playing Banfield. However... I'm going to guess and say Banfield tags Whitfield. I mean, he tagged Aaron Hall last week. I know Ryan Griffin's back. Um, I just feel like Whitfield's more likely um, to cop the Banfield tag. And if they're going to do that, then Banfield will be playing more forward this week rather than on the ball because Aaron Hall plays on the ball and Whitfield's been playing off the half back. 
So if he's going to be playing off the, if he's been tagging someone that's playing off the halfback, so he'll be playing half forward. I feel like he might not score that well this week, and it's you know GWS in GWS, so the ball won't be in the Fremantle forward line that often. So it is a really hard, hard call. Um, with Barry scoring, you know, pretty much sub fifty every week, I'm not sure you can even have him in the same question. So, yeah, really big uh, coin flip um, with that one, JB. But maybe, maybe now uh, we can move back into the <laughs> Richmond and Brisbane game. Well, if you did miss my amazing intro to the Richmond Brisbane game, just uh, rewind back to when Pistol rudely interrupted me. <laughs> And that was me speaking of Higgins already losing his place to Caddy, it seems. And as I said earlier, a lot of people may have been looking to trade Higgins in early or holding their Ryan trade to see if he got named for his bubble week. Neither of those things should be happening now because he's not playing at all. Yeah, this is devastating news because as a fantasy prospect, he always seemed like he'd be a good scorer. And now he's out of the team. So obviously job security was a major concern. And there it is. At least he didn't tempt us, you know, by being named three games and then being dropped and, you know, ruining us for for a while. So yeah, he's someone that we don't really need to worry about at the moment. He's just out. Um, On the Brisbane side, though, Zach Bailey, JB, it's annoying that these rookies are being named after round one because he's only 140k midfielder and he looks quite solid he's been um, impressive in the NFL and really looking forward to seeing how he plays and how he's scoring because he could be someone to come in um, in a couple weeks time yeah and right about the time that your pitards and power peppers and etc will be coming back for Port Adelaide maybe someone like Amon gathers some form we'll talk about them later on but Barry could be looking at an exit of the Port side that week so it might be a perfect sort of downgrade option that week so we'll have to see but fingers crossed Bailey does turn out to be a great option now if you don't mind Pistol we'll move on to the next match and that's Western Bulldogs versus Sydney at Etihad Stadium Biggs comes in for Cordy on this one as Cordy was suspended and then for the Sydney squad we have Aaliyah coming in Jones and Newman as well and then we have Reed, Melican and Rowan coming out so um, not not a whole lot of super coach relevance in this one. I mean, Newman comes back in if you got him in your draft squad pistol, but not not a whole lot happening here. Well, I think the big news is Sam Reed um, is out with that quad injury and is expected to be out for you know eight plus weeks. So in that sort of situation, I don't know if you caught the the Swans game, but it really puts the the target and the focus on Buddy Franklin more. Um, I think usually. Um, Reed can sit back in the goal square and Buddy pushes up the ground. But now, like the first two weeks when Buddy scored really well, he will be the focus and the only focus um, of that Swans forward line. So maybe it's a bit worse than the fact he won't be pushing much up the ground. But the same, it's Buddy Franklin in Buddy Franklin form. He's playing on Aaron Norton, for God's sakes. Like, Buddy is Buddy and he's going to dominate this week. There's no other way to say it. Um, and it's, it's exciting. So I think that is probably the biggest news. I mean, Gary Rowan is out for personal reasons, we should say, and Melikin's out for the hamstring, but not really any um, super coach relevance there. I think Ed Richards being named for his third game for the Bulldog side. How did you see him last week, and do you think he's a good prospect for our super coach sides? Last week, he was excellent. He was, on a, he was actually one of the better players on ground, and for his second game... Um, is great to see. He he backs himself in with a bit of pace and also backs himself in by foot. You can tell he's a good decision maker already at the AFL level. So it's great to see him 
succeeding. But my only concern is he he played poorly. Well, I mean, poorly by a normal player's standards. It's obviously, being his debut game, we can't expect too much. But the week before, he didn't score too well in Supercoach and and then backed it up with a good score. But it did coincide with a loss and then a win. So I'm a little concerned that it may be he may be a bit of a downhill skier when it comes to Supercoach scoring. Maybe he, we've seen his ceiling and maybe that'll only be for victories. So, um, I mean, if you see Bulldogs improving and, and winning more games, then there's no issue trading him in at all. If you see them maybe dropping off again, then maybe stay away, Pistol. It's a bit hard to tell. Yeah, I think the problem with Bulldogs is they have so many similar sort of players. Um, looking at their side at the moment, Zane Cordy's out with a suspension and Shane Biggs comes in. And Shane Biggs plays a similar role to Ed Richards. And when Zane Cordy is going to come back and then Hayden Crozier, who's also been playing off the halfback flank, also comes back. Like I'm looking at the side thinking who's going to make way and you know it could be one of four different players um, and Ed Richards is one of those guys. So his job security probably isn't that good just because it's more of an unknown rather than being like flat out bad. Um, I think he has to continually play well to be able to hold his spot and given how he performed last week that actually might be a, a possibility so um i wouldn't mind still saying you know get him if you if you want him if you like if you want good scores and he, if he scores well he's going to be getting games because he's going to be playing well um so he's not the worst option um available this week yeah no doubt and we'll jump into the next match which is north melbourne versus carlton down in hobart We've got Robbie Tarrant coming in for Hrovat, so a bit of a strange swap that that one. A big, big player for a small player, and then Carlton have O'Shea, Silvani, and O'Brien coming in for Marchbank, Paulson, and Lamb. So it looks like one of O'Shea or O'Brien will be Marchbank's uh, replacement for four weeks. So something to potentially look at there. Do you think there's enough time for them to make money? O'Shea's already played one game, but it wasn't great in terms of Supercoach scoring. Well. Yeah, that's exactly the problem is we, we don't know if they're going to get more than the four games. So I think O'Shea will be playing um, for the duration of Marchbank's injury, which is at this stage meant to be just four weeks. So O'Shea's played one. He's going to get two games and then he's going to get two more price rises on top of that. Th- so three price rises in total because total, that's how maths works. And I just don't know if that's enough <laughs> to... Like if he plays well, you'd think they wouldn't kick him out straight away. Um, but obviously we have to assume at the moment that he's going to be a like-for-like replacement He's going to be out of that side when Marchbank comes back in. And yeah, he didn't score particularly well in the first game, so it's a bit of a, it's a tough situation. He's also at an elevated price of like 166k or so, so you really are going to be needing um, him to score much better um, than other rookies that are cheaper. So I don't know if I'd rather get him or rather get someone like Ed Richards just because he's 30k cheaper and you know they both have iffy job security but at least four weeks is better than nothing I'm not really sure what to say JB I think it's more of a wait and see because as you mentioned Lockie O'Brien might just come in and completely outperform Cam Cam O'Shea and then you know who knows so yeah tough one but I think the whole of the year Carlton will be a revolving door just because they'll be losing games and they'll be experimenting throwing players every which way um JB, what did you think about the the stuff that came out about um, Scott giving warnings to Todd Goldstein? 
I actually didn't see it, Pistol. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. What, what happened? <laughs> well, basically, Scott came out and told Goldie he needs to be more aggressive and has put him on notice that you know he's got to basically re- try and recapture his All-Australian form. Otherwise, they might be looking at um, switching up the Ruckman. So basically, it was a threat that was just said to everybody and put Todd Goldstein right on notice, <laughs> um, saying that, you know... That's passive-aggressive. Yeah, if you don't perform, we're going to go with someone who might... Um, and Pruce is not a bad ruckman by any stretch of the imagination. So a little bit of concern for Goldstein owners, but obviously don't make a move until or if it happens. He might respond well to this um, and might dominate. So, yeah, it's we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. But no, no really big uh, news in this game. Except for the fact, and I can't believe you missed this. I did miss something. Hey, sorry? You're about to say it, and I know you're going to say it, so well no, done. No, go. Go on. I'll let you go. No, you no, let me go. go? <laughs> ben Jacobs. Yep, yep, the yep. Ben Jacobs tag. Yes. Are you going to talk about oh, it? Well, I've assumed you were going... I was going to say, who do you think gets a Ben Jacobs tag? Well, it has to be Patrick Cripps, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard to tag such an in and under player, but at the end of the day, Scott Pendlebury ran with Cripps and didn't nullify him, but definitely Cripps, Cripps had a lot less impact, I think, in that showed in his supercoach score. He still got a lot of the ball. I don't think you'll be able to stop that. But just having Pendlebury around him at all times, it sort of threw him off a tiny bit, I think, and he, he wasn't as impactful as what you'd expect. If Jacob sticks to Crips like glue, then you'd be very concerned that he's going to pump out a, a sub-90. And I, I don't think you can hold him below 80, because like we said, he's such an in and under player, and he'll get those possessions anyway. But if he struggles to get the ball around the ground, which really inflates his score, then we could be seeing a little bit of a down game from Crips this week. I don't know. I think I just have a feeling Ben Cunnington will do a, you know, like a run with roll, um, not tagging, not a hard tag, just a run with roll on Cripps and Ben Jacobs will go to Mark Murphy. Cause I feel like you can just take Mark Murphy completely out of the game, like completely out of the game. And then it just leaves Cripps as the only midfield and Cunnington is also, you know, a bull of a man. And I think uh, that might be the go tactic. So yeah, it will be interesting to see if they go with the Ben Jacobs on Crips. Either way, I think at least Crips will have some attention this week. So probably not great news yeah. for owners. I don't think Murphy really has the form to be uh, tagged heavily. I'm not quite sure. So it'd be, it would definitely be interesting to see what Scott does. And the, the last bit of information in this one, obviously uh, Sean Higgins having a presser during the week advising he will score over the ton in this one. So if you've got him in draft leagues and you can captain, then then go for it. He said, uh, I think, oh, not a direct quote, but he did say he doesn't want JB, uh, um, he doesn't want JB putting $30 into the Kent's Council so early. So he will actually um, try this week. So he, ha- he hadn't been trying in the last couple. So all good. Yeah, I think I read that as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it went around went around the ring, yeah, so fair enough. you know how it is. Sorry on Twitter. Now, the next game is West Coast versus Gold Coast at Optus Stadium, and it's Josh Kennedy, the return, and Liam Duggan in for Hutchings, and unfortunately, the big news during the week, Ryan, who's gone out with that ankle injury. Now, um, Bose comes in for Hanley, and Hanley, uh, just injury after injury, there was news coming out during the season that he could be done for the season, coming out during the week that he could be done for the season. Just craziness. Hanley, such a good player when he plays, but so injury prone, and that shoulder keeps on coming out. We'll talk about Ryan in a second. How how does this Hanley injury impact on Gold Coast? Well, I mean, it's a big side just for them losing that experienced player, but still, after all of these injuries, Will Brody 
still not getting a game for Gold Coast. And not only is he not yeah. getting a game, JB, he's not in the emergencies this week. So, yeah, that was... Um, How is that possible? They, they had a lot of midfield depth the whole time. I know, like, that was just a position that they had a lot of depth in. Not so much anywhere else around the ground. But, look, Will Brody, 2019, get on it. <laughs> It'll be his year. He'll be 102k. Yeah, 170k rookie. I don't know. I'm sure he'll get games throughout the end of the season. Um, Maybe even he might be a downgrade throughout our buys and you know alleviate some of that stress. But yeah, at this point in time, it's going to be behind Wig as well. It's just a complete mess, um, unfortunately for Will Brody. Yeah, and if you started him and haven't traded him out by now, probably good opportunity to do so. And speaking of trading out rookies, obviously Ryan has done that ankle injury. Sad because he was on 91 after kicking that goal. He did drop a few points as he didn't come back on for that game. And scaling does take place. And just like that, he's out for an extended period. I think it's 10 to 12 weeks. So we do have to trade him. He's going to make a lot more money when he comes back in. And it's just sad because we thought he'd be around 60 points per game. He's come out with two big scores. We're really licking our lips at this this cash cow that was going to generate us money, and we've had to pull the pin after 80k generated. So, I mean, I'm crying, pistol. It's just sad, man. <laughs> well, he has a minus 88 break even, and he's out for 12 weeks. So, 12 weeks puts him at the end of the buy rounds, and <laughs> you can't hold someone through the buys knowing you're getting a zero there because you already got too many round 14 by forwards and then you're going to add this extra zero like you just can't do it i mean we'll, we'll have to trade him back in um if we can it sucks but it's just the way that it goes and there's a couple of um options this week jb maybe you want to talk about this now or do you want to talk about the ryan trading options at the end um well uh, let's just go for it now we did speak about crowden earlier so he obviously is one of the options which one are you fancying the most i think Crowden and Sav are the ones being uh, thrown up quite a lot. Am I missing someone there? I think I am. Uh, yeah, Jack Henry as well for the Cats. Yeah, that's the one. So of those three, um, who would be your main preference? It's very tough considering they're all actually scoring okay, but we don't have trust in any of them. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just go through the pros and cons quickly of all of them, um, if that's okay with you, JB. I'll take that silence as a yes. Um, so <laughs> basically, we've got Crowden, who's playing as more of a small pressure forward, um, which he actually has been dominating as in that role, as in he's leading the AFL, not just Fremantle, in those forward pressure acts. So he's someone that's performing his role exceptionally well. And when you're doing that, you're if you're playing your role to what your coach wants, you're, you're going to get games. Like Ross has shown that if you do what I ask you, you're going to get games. And I think you'll be rewarded with games. The problem is someone playing as a pressure forward generally just doesn't score very well. So I think he's got massive scoring potential worries, but his job security, he's performing well. I think he, he'll get games. And Fremantle will, will play kids throughout the year, so I'm not worried about him. He'll, even if he has to be in and out, I, I think he'll be in for a while anyway. Um, so yeah, job security good on that end. If we move on to uh, the big Sava. Um, the key forward for Geelong. I mean, last week he played so well. Like, he really played well. But he only scored 64. So, that's not that great. Um, and he also got ruck time. Now, this week they've already brought back in Reece Stanley and they've got Zach Smith on the extended bench. So, 
what that says to me is he's probably not going to be getting much ruck time at all this week. Um, maybe he gets the same amount because Blitzavs might not ruck at all. But even though he's listed as a forward, it just means that if Zach Smith does come in next week, Rhys Stanley could play forward and then Asava could be dropped. So he'll really be fighting for his spot week by week. I know having um, St. Kilda at the Cattery might mean a big score this week, hopefully a lot of goals. I just think that he is someone that also needs to perform every week to hold his spot. And you've got, you know, fit Stanley and a fit Zach Smith. It's going to be tough competition holding him out. But I really don't think he's a worse option, JB. Not at all. Not by a stretch. I think he's actually an underrated option for this week because people see key forward and run away. Um, And the last option is Jack Henry. He's actually a third tall or more of a key defender, even though he's an athletic beast. He's listed as a forward and super coach, um, but he plays down back for Geelong. He scored really well and he played really well last week, but I've got my worries that one, Geelong have lost um, more games than they'd like at this stage. So I think they're going to get a little bit worried. They've just lost um, Gary Ablett, not Dangerfield. And, that means they're, you know, they're probably panicking. They're going to want to win some games. So what that says to me is we're going to have to bring in the experienced heads when they're ready just to settle the side, get some wins on the board. And that means Henderson as well as um, Taylor, they're, they're not too far away. So Henderson's only, in, as, as on the last injury update, they said he's only one to two weeks away. So you've got Henderson probably coming straight back into that back line. You've got Taylor that might come back and replace Asava as well, um, although he's a little a little while away. Um, I just don't like that they've got these two players that I'm sure will come straight into their 22, putting pressure on these two um, rookie spots. And it would be very, very tall playing all of them. Like It's not possible. One of them will have to be dropped. And I think playing <laughs> Jack Henry, Tom Stewart, as well as um, Jake Koldajny, and Henderson is maybe a bit too tall. So I think um, as soon as Henderson comes back, Henry's probably the one to make way. But he probably has a good two weeks in him, but it's I don't think it'll be enough to make too much money unless, of course, he tons up again. He got 93 last week. So if he goes another 93, he'll make quite a bit of money quite quickly. But yeah, long term, I'm not quite sure he is going to be the best option either, JV. So yeah, it's uh, slim and tough pickings this week. And that was a good rundown. It was a long rundown. It was very detailed and it was, I think, what a lot of people were needing. And if I can make assumptions here, I assume you just rank them as Crowden number one, the big Sav as number two, and then Henry as number three purely and mostly due to job security. So um, I think, or I definitely share those opinions. I think a lot of the page does and a lot of the general public share those opinions. So um, it's good to get them mapped out and that's probably what we're doing with our trade this week as well so going to uh, Crowden who, who's shown enough at this stage considering the competition so we'll move to the Sunday games now Pistol and it's Essendon versus Port Adelaide in for Essendon is and I'm probably going to butcher this name but Gilfie is that uh, is it Gilfie I have no idea I haven't heard how his name's been pronounced so I'm just going to say it's <laughs> Goofy, Goofy. Yeah, sure. your guess is as good as mine. Goofy would do. Hart- <laughs> Hartley, Lankford, McKernan, and Jackson Merritt are all in onto that extended bench. Obviously, with Connor McKenna going out with the the crazy suspension of uh, the biting three weeks for him. Port Adelaide have Amon Atley uh, Lyon there as well, who we'll speak about. Uh, the Cannon, Trent McKenzie, and Jakey Need all going onto that extended bench. Sam Power Pepper, the only confirmed out thus 
far with the club suspension, obviously. Um, a big name in the media this week uh, a lot on a lot of people's lips. So um, the club imposed suspension and should be back next week. So let's discuss these new players and the first one being uh, Gilfie. Do you think he plays? Yes. Well, I know he's named on the field, so he might. Yeah, that's not a certainty to play, but it is likely. Um, he, they also have mentioned it already on the Essendon website that like he's probably going to play, and you know I doubt they do that if they weren't going to name him. So he he's going to play 117k forward. Um, someone he's not a massive ball winner, but he's someone that could do all right. He he might be better than all the other rookie options. So um, I know we were just talking about who to get for the Ryan trade. I'm also considering just holding trades and watching how he goes this week, Gilfie, as well as looking to see if um, Zach Giles Langdon's coming back and might be able to hop on him. So, yeah, there's other options rather than the just three that we named. Yeah, definitely. And fingers crossed Gilfie does do well because worst-case scenario, those who own Venables will probably want to cash out because his break-even is about to be 100 considering he's scoring like garbage. And for the Port Adelaide squad, um, we look at the new players, uh, Jared Liner and obviously Trent McKenzie coming over from... Uh, the Gold Coast. I don't think Lineup will play. That's my my biased port opinion. I think Atley's probably first in line to come in, considering he's that inside midfielder, uh, same as Power Pepper. Probably followed by Amon, the next best chance. But it's good to see Lineup's being uh, listed and in the emergencies, which means he's probably close and someone that we might have a, as a cow down the road. And do you want to talk a bit about him? I think you actually know more about him than I do. Oh, I, I doubt that. I just know that uh, last year in the SANFL, he was playing more as a like third tall key defender type player, 193 centimeters. Um, maybe not the best super coach option, but something to watch. JB, is it worrying that Don Barry is named on the extended interchange um, as well as Carl Amon and Jake Need and people that you thought in round one he was competing with for a spot? Yeah, it's definitely worrying, but... Personally, I don't think uh, Amon or Need have shown enough sand full form to, to really bash that door down. And at the same time, I don't think Barry has been that bad. in like, for the, I know he's not scoring great for Supercoach, but he's still getting quite a few disposals and using it well when he gets it. Um, it they just aren't very contested type disposals. He's just sort of picking them off when he can. So what do you um, think about Zach Merritt um, and he, how he's been going this season? Well... I didn't even finish my, my spill about Barry. Jeez. Well, you won't be able Jeez, to Louise now. pistol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Barry plays, by the way. Uh, Zach Merritt, very concerning, but, I mean, you've got to consider that from this point on is when you're assessing the player. So from this week coming up till the end of the year is what you need to assess this player on and whether they can go 110. The weeks that have passed are gone. Those points are gone. Unfortunately, if you started him... You'll be a bit behind the competition, but you've got to consider now if it's worth the trade, whether he's likely to go 110 from now on, go back to his best, which I think he's just had a rough run of it so far. I think he's still got the best uh, ahead of him. In fact, I know he's got the best ahead of him because he can't possibly play worse. Uh, obviously, due to, that's that's purely due to concussion and tagging in the circumstances that have come across. Not, not that he's playing that bad um, with what he's got. But I think he comes good. I would trust him if I had him in my side. I luckily didn't start him, but I was very close to. Um, you did start him for a reason. If you are trading him out, which I completely 
understand as well, considering I'd be getting fed up with the scores at the same time, make sure you keep your buy structure set. So we know he's got the different buy to all the annoying buy players, doesn't he? Yes, he's round 12, no? Well, he's, yes. no, he's he's not he's not round 14 and he's not round 12. So, I mean, it was a close guess. I mean, you, you were somewhat... Thir- sorry, Thursday, I did mean he was that second buy. I did mean that. Okay, sure. Um, I yeah, thought he's I started in 11 for some reason. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so make sure you keep your structures. <laughs> well, I think I, I wouldn't be advocating trading him now. I mean, it's points gone. You're not, you don't get it back. The only player I'd consider trading him to, uh, strongly consider, is Canelio as well. Just because the dude's averaging 120. He's playing this week without Kelly. Um, you know, he's pretty much GWS's main man at the moment. So I think he's going to be able to at least keep up a decent average or much higher um, than Zach Merritt and that's just unfortunate but he's going to keep copying the tag now that teams know they can get to him that way and it's something he's just going to have to cope with and hopefully uh, for Zach Merritt owners he figures it out sooner rather than later or all taggers go extinct which would help a lot of owners of a lot of midfielders that get affected by the tag but probably the former more likely than the latter so yeah fingers crossed he fixes it and and goes back to his high scoring ways now, we'll move on to Hawthorne versus Melbourne, and this one being at the MCG. We've got some good ins for Hawthorne here. Sicily, the main one. Whitecross, a surprising one. I am interested to think, uh, well, considering they've got two outs, being Caden Brand and Will Lankford, I think Whitecross is a good chance to play. Otherwise, Mira, Lewis, and Glass are all in as well. So I think Sicily and Whitecross probably primed for those two playing spots, but you may have something else on your mind, Pistol. And then for Melbourne, we've got Brayshaw, Stretch, Hannon, Hunt, and Wiedemann in for Dom Tyson being the only out at the moment with illness. So a bit of an early call on the illness front, being it only being Thursday and he's got still Sunday. So <laughs> interested to know what Tyson's dealing with there. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, looking at the ins on the uh, Melbourne side, Dom Tyson um, going out, I'm, I'm guessing... Brayshaw is the one that comes in. I mean, that would seem the most likely. Or, I mean, I'd also be surprised if Jaden Hunt comes back in because if Hunt comes back in, how will that affect Michael Hibbert, JB? Um, maybe not so well. So this is going to be an interesting Michael Hibbert <laughs> matchup, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, I think you're you're pretty much spot on with that Hawks side. And Sicily, better watch out this week because they're coming for him. You just know Tom Bug. He's going to be in Sicily's face probably from now. He's probably sent a Snapchat out um, saying, Sicily, I'm coming for you. (laughs) We know he loves the Instagram posts. This is obviously like, it's just going to be a pest in his face the whole time and he just has to not snap. Um, Yeah, so this will be a nice uh, and interesting call and testing time for uh, Sicily and hopefully he gets through this one well. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope he learns to deal with this because we know he's a talented player and he can be a great super coach option if he just figures that aspect out of his game, out in his game. Um, and if he figures it out this week against probably the biggest pest, uh, considering his surname as well, but factor that in, uh, in the competition, then it's great news for all those who kept on. So, I mean, I know you didn't pistol, so for your sake, I hope he doesn't succeed. But <laughs> but for those who kept him, it would be great to see him get through such a very, very tough matchup that'll be this week. So we'll move on to the last game of the round. That's Geelong versus St. Kilda at Alphabet Stadium. Geelong have Stanley, Constable, Cunico, Duncan, Murdoch, Smith, and Thurlow all coming in 
for the already confirmed injuries to Cockatoo, Guthrie, and Ablett. So some big outs there. Hopefully a couple of big ins with Mitch Duncan obviously being named. And then St. Kilda have Gilbert, Loney, Austin, Steele, and Clark, and Hickey coming in for Webster and Nathan Wright already being the confirmed out. So a lot to talk about here, Pistol. Uh, first of all, I'd like to start with Gary Ablett. If you started Big Gaz, and we know Chizo is still mourning, what do you do? Obviously, you trade him because he's so injury prone and he's out for three weeks anyway. Where do you look first? Do you just try and get the best player that scored the highest so far, or do you fix another part of it? Like, what what do we specifically target from Gaza here? I mean, Titch, right? It's got to be just you're targeting Titch and then you're targeting Dusty. I think that's probably just the most sensible move in this situation. You're losing a big mid, replace it with a big mid. Um, if you already have those two JB who else would you be looking at getting in? Yeah, and it's very difficult because it dries up after that and Kelly uh, being out this week crosses out another player. I think Oliver coming off that tag, I know it's hard to trade someone in knowing that they're going to drop a lot in price, but he would be my next best option in the midfield. Otherwise, I'm very, very on board the Jackson McRae hype train. I think he'll go very well this year. He's shown he can. He's averaging 130, and they've they've had two big losses. He's been hitting the scoreboard, doing everything necessary for that Bulldogs team, and I think he'd be a very good and very good point of difference trading option uh, while he is still a point of difference pistol. Yeah, or I mean, obviously the big omission there is Patrick Dangerfield. He's got a break even of like 220-ish. Um, I'm going to say at JB, here and now, I think Dangerfield will go over 160 this week. And everyone that doesn't have him will be scrambling to get him. He'll only drop like 30k. And yeah, you're in trouble if you don't have him. That's going to be my big call. Dangerfield to go 160 this week. And I think, I know it sucks, you know, potentially Dangerfield drops 60 to 80k or whatever it may be. Um, but I just think you're going to need to get him in the coming weeks. And if you could do something to either bank a little cash so that then you could get Dangerfield or maybe do some DPP magic and get a different position um, just so that you have this extra money so that you can get Dangerfield ASAP um, or even get Dangerfield ASAP if you do have the money. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting huge things from Dangerfield this week. So that would be my number one choice. Yeah, and fair call. Obviously, Dangerfield being the top two easily best player in the competition so and top super coach player in the competition so it's hard to go against him it's just if you have that bit of pocket money extra to to spend up on the the big danger otherwise like i said some pot options have never gone astray in the past so jump on another player that we will talk about is caulfield a lot of people um thinking about getting caulfield in early He's 171k, but he did look excellent in his debut game. What would you think of a, a Liam Ryan DPP action swing into Caulfield? Look, I don't know if you can do it early. Wait until they're on the bubble in case they get drops, just like we saw with Higgins um, dropped after a game. You can get dropped after two games as well. Sam Gilbert is coming in, and he'll play. He'll be named right on the field, um, which might affect Caulfield straight away. Um, you've got Tom Hickey that might come in because Ron Marshall, even though he did a fantastic job, at the end of the day, he is just a rookie, so we'll see about that. Jack Steele isn't even the side. Jack Steele's a quality player. You'd expect him to come in. I mean, there's just going to be changes for the Saints, and I, I don't feel too good 
about Caulfield. I know he's probably going to at least play this week, but just in the future weeks, um, Kobe Stevens didn't even make the extended interchange and he was okay for the first two weeks as well. So yeah, I'm not sure you can really justify grabbing him early, at least wait until he's on the bubble. Um, JB, I think a rookie that might get a debut this week, possibly Charlie Constable for um, Geelong. He looked really, really, really good in the JLT. He's someone I would be really excited about getting um, if his job security was better um, and obviously if he was on the bubble. But yeah, first first game, I'm looking forward to watching him play if he does play, not guaranteed to be named, but I've just got a feeling that yeah, Constable might be given the game down in Geelong in front of you know a massive uh, Geelong crowd. Yeah, and a lot of people expected him to start uh, in place of Dangerfield, so... Now it's essentially the same thing, but Gary Ablett is out, not Dangerfield. So hopefully he does get that game. And he, I mean, Guthrie and Cockatoo out as well. He won't have a better opportunity. If he isn't selected this week, he might not play all year. <laughs> Maybe something like that. I know Guthrie is out for like eight weeks. As well. What was it, two months? Yeah, eight weeks. Um, and Cockatoo's also... Um, <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, Cockatoo's also injured with that knee that he uh, that injury he sustained last week. JB, do you want me to um, just run us through the captaincy options this week? Yeah, well, you can get us started. Um, I need to load load up the famous La Hugs articles to to get my best information. So you can kick us off. Well, I mean, I already have it open. And look, to be honest, last week he was extremely high on Nat Fife. And he absolutely nailed it. So he's actually had a really good run because he's had, I think, Dusty Titch Fife or Dusty Dusty Fife. So he's basically been correct three weeks in a row. So I'm not going to say my opinion because I've been absolutely rubbish. I've missed two big captain scores um, in the final two weeks. I'm probably going to end up taking like a 120 <laughs> and Danger will go 170 and I'll have shot myself in the foot. But um, this week, he's top VC options, top three. He has uh, Fife, Dusty and McRae. And uh, captain options as Tom Mitchell, Dangerfield, and Gorn. Um, I think all of those are pretty justified. Obviously, um, Kelly wasn't out at the time that he wrote it, so maybe Caniglio will be a little bit better this week. Um, I believe just looking at the sheet here, he's got him as the fourth best VC option, so it's quite thorough. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not really willing to back myself here I'm literally going to do what he says because he has been right every week and I have not been <laughs> as simple as that JB <laughs> yeah I think the only way you can go different to him this week is if you decide uh, Dangerfield might go a little bit bigger than Tom Mitchell and I mean there are other factors at play as well if you start a Dangerfield and really wanted to take advantage of these big scores whilst the rest of the competition doesn't have him you might just be a little bit of an extra believer that he's going to go big and Tom Mitchell he might be hoping goes a little bit smaller than what he's been doing thus far. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play, but I think you'd be deciding between Dangerfield if you have him as captaincy and Tom Mitchell. Uh, if you don't have Dangerfield, it's quite obviously going to be Tom Mitchell. And then vice captaincy, you can throw on either Dusty or Fife. I think they'll both go rather large. So, um, I think it's a little bit difficult, but at the end of the day, I, I expect all four players to go huge. So I, I don't think it would be like last week where Dusty was sort of a bit down and uh, so was Dangerfield, etc. So um, hopefully, hopefully we just get big scores all round and we all nail the best ones, Pistol. What do you think of that? Look, Dusty into Dangerfield for me this week and yeah, I just don't think any... Brisbane just don't really have someone that can stop Dusty when he goes forward. They'll have Mitch Robbo on him uh, when he's in the midfield. As soon as he goes 
um, forward. I mean, I doubt they're going to keep Mitch Robinson on him to defend him in the forward line. That's a recipe for disaster, and I can't really see a viable matchup. Um, anyway, maybe they'll drop Mays, Gardner on him, but it's just it's not a good situation for Brisbane. Um, I mean, Dusty's going to Robertson got in his head last year. Yeah, but do you remember? Do you remember that? So there was the um, potential suspension of Dusty and the uh, the strike. Um, and I think it, I think it will be more of the same. I think Robbo will go straight over to him and sort of reminding of uh, how much, how much of a mental effect he had on his game last year. Maybe Dusty goes a little bit lower, but I still don't think you can stop him from going one ten, one twenty plus against Brisbane. Dusty won't even remember that. He's just you know completely uh, celebrating for Brownlow and all that stuff. <laughs> Too much but champagne. JB, should I jump? Um, going to jump into the Cancer Council, um, our donation link. We had another generous donator this week. Um, so I did want to thank Will Barber for Green's Donuts. So um, he's donated for the Donate for Donuts, which is a campaign that we run where you pledge a certain amount per donut. If you cop a zero score on your field throughout the year, then you donate the amount that you pledged, whether it be you know one dollar, two dollar, five dollar, ten, twenty, fifty, a million. Um, just whenever you get the donut, that's when you donate. And uh, yeah, hopefully no one gets any donuts this week. It's looking like a pretty chilled week to not get a donut but if you do cop one laid out um, feel free to donate to the cancer council on our behalf we will have a link um, to our cancer council donation page on the itunes soundcloud facebook post etc yeah definitely and i'll donate my my rounds one to five of higgins subtons when when round five concludes so hopefully there's only the two donations going in by me but I mean, two from three thus far, is, it's not looking great for me, Pistol. No, not looking great at all. But uh, I think that, does that wrap things I mean, up, JB? Yes, it does. So you can definitely catch us on the, the regulars. So that being SoundCloud, iTunes, um, and obviously on our website, if you go there, leave a review wherever you can. Um, send us mail if you want. I'm, I'm not going to give out any addresses, but you can send it anyway. <laughs> Um, but any anywhere you can leave a review we love to read them uh, message the page rather than inboxing if you want your question answered definitely and quickly before the round our inbox does tend to fill up uh, fill up a lot quicker uh, and can be a lot more difficult to answer so um, that pretty much wraps us up Pistol thank you very much for joining me and I will talk to you next week thank you very much as well and don't forget community you can find us at drscpod at gmail.com that's Supercoach pod at gmail.com and if you have any desperate questions right before lockout you can find all of us on twitter you can find jb at jb underscore drse pistol at pistol underscore drse and chizo is still alive and running and doing well and you can find him at chizo underscore drsc don't follow chizo <laughs> no, i'm gonna have to edit that out <laughs>